Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You would turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, and we'll be starting in verse 12 today. Has anybody ever got mad? No? Okay. Has anybody ever lied? (laughs) When we think of Jesus, when we think of Jesus, we don't don't normally think of Him as getting angry. We normally, in our minds, and particularly with with our culture's picture of Jesus, we normally think of um, Jesus in that precious moments form with the little lamb, you know, we usually think of Jesus meek and mild. We, we, we don't normally think of Jesus getting angry. Uh, but this is one of the texts we see where Jesus was angry. And, and what I, one of the things I noticed as I was preparing is you have Jesus getting angry in the first part, and then you have the religious leaders getting angry in the second part. And so there's a little bit of a contrast as we see in this text. And so as far as where we're going, I want us all to kind of pay attention to what Jesus is getting angry at so that when we ourselves get angry, we want to we think, are we getting angry like Jesus did? Or are we getting angry like those who got angry at Jesus? So let's go ahead and read our text and, and listen for that. Listen for what the, the people are getting angry at. Oh, my page got turned. (laughs) Verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and healed and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus, that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of of the city to Bethany And he lodged there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, help us to treasure your word. To store it up in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help us to be angered by the things that anger Jesus. And Lord, help us not to be sinful in our anger. Lord, we love you. We ask that you give me strength and grace as I preach this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This story of Jesus throwing the money changers out of the temple appears in all four Gospels. However, there is a problem 
that I need to address before we get started. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you have the cleansing of the temple, as it's called, taking place at the end of Jesus' ministry uh, after Palm Sunday as they're approaching the cross. And, and uh, in John, we see uh, a cleansing of the temple where Jesus goes in to the temple and drives out the money changers. And it's at the beginning of his ministry in chapter 2, right after he had made water into wine. Uh, This is a problem. No, there are two answers to this problem. Some people would say uh, that John, he he collected stories and arranged them uh, thematically according to what themes that uh, was uh, being taught rather than going chronologically. And that is one possible answer. Uh, Others would say that Jesus actually did this twice. And I I would lean towards the second. I would say Jesus probably did this twice. There are some significant differences between the two things. There's a different scripture that's quoted from John than than there is from uh, the the, uh, other three Gospels. Uh, Also, the context is a little bit different. And so so, um, it, it is likely that Jesus did this twice in his ministry. But just imagine, one of the details we see from John is that when Jesus went into the temple, he made a whip out of cords and he drove them out of the temple. I mean, this is not the picture of Jesus we normally think of, is it? He made a whip of cords and drove them out of the temple. What was angering Jesus? These these people were... um, they, they had come into the temple and they were selling and buying and, uh, and Jesus comes in and he throws them out, turns over their tables. What has made him so angry about this? The people who were doing this had taken what was supposed to be a holy place, the temple. It was supposed to be a place of holiness for, for prayer and they had turned it into a marketplace. And there, there's details uh, about this that, that uh, elaborate. So, so this probably took place in what was called the Court of the Gentiles. Uh, the, 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 the temple was arranged so that you had the, the Holy of Holies was there in the center. It was the place where only the, the high priest would go. And outside of that, you had uh, different chambers and each one would increase in its holiness. And the, the place where this probably took place was called the Court of the Gentiles. And this was a place where uh, Gentiles were allowed to come to. They couldn't come any closer than that. And this was also a place where the, the, the lame and the blind were allowed to come into. Other parts of the temple, they were not allowed to come into. And instead of this being a place where the marginalized people, people who were Gentiles, people who were, um, were uh, uh, um, disabled and, and things like that, people who were on the margins should have been able to come there and that would be their place where they could worship, where they could pray, where they could have access to God. And yet this place where God had reserved for them, those who were on the margins to come in and worship, had been turned into a place of buying and selling. So it showed disregard for the mission of God for the nations. God was... Sending Jesus to save not only the Jewish people, but all nations, anyone who would believe in him, Jew and Gentile. 
And here, the nations, the place that they had for the temple was basically turned into a marketplace. Another aspect that may have been part of why it was angering Jesus is if there's money changing hands, then there's also probably a likelihood that there's somebody being cheated. Uh, when when uh, people would come to, um, to pilgrimage there at times of Passover or other times where they'd be traveling there to make their sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem, they couldn't necessarily bring all of their sacrifices with them from where they traveled from. They couldn't bring their cows or their lambs or all of those things. And so uh, instead, they would travel with the money and then they would make a purchase of the sacrifice that they would make once they got there. Well, the, 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 um, um, the law required that it would be a flawless animal, blameless, without any spot or blemish. And maybe, just maybe, these people who were buying and selling animals for sacrifice, maybe they were not putting out the best. Maybe they were selling substandard um, sacrifices. Or maybe they were overcharging these people who were traveling there for the purpose of worship. The money changing also had to do with the fact that they were required to pay a temple tax. And so they would change the Roman currency for the, the, uh, the Jewish currency for the temple tax. And there could have been some misbalanced scales or some kind of uh, cheating going on there as well. So in that sense, those who were buying and selling and the money changers could really possibly have been ripping people off. And that would be angering Jesus. This place that was supposed to be holy... This supposed to be this place that was supposed to be a place dedicated for prayer and for worship was being misused. We also want to think about the temple, as Ron had read about um, and shared, as he read from uh, Jeremiah, the passage that Jesus quoted about his house of prayer being turned into a robber's den, the temple was supposed to be the place where God, His presence was represented among His people. And before the time of Solomon, God dwelt in a tabernacle, in a tent that would be able to move around with them. As they wandered in the wilderness. They brought a tabernacle with them and they carried the, the Ark of the Covenant along with them. And it moved around with the people. And then when they finally settled down, it set, uh, David had established the, the, uh, the um, capital there in Jerusalem and they built an actual permanent place for a temple. And the people took refuge in that. When they had disobeyed God and the prophets threatened that judgment would be coming, the people would say, oh, the temple of the Lord is here. The temple of the Lord. It's what Jeremiah was saying. You can't take refuge in that. The temple is not a good luck term. The temple is not here to, to, as some kind of a talisman that's going to ward off God's judgment. No, the temple... Uh, 
the temple is not supposed to just be a, a specific place. Looking forward, well, looking backward, um, Jeremiah reminds the people of the time at Shiloh whenever the temple was, was a tabernacle that would move around. And how, uh, you know, even if maybe you might be, remember when, when the Ark of the Covenant, this, this place where uh, the, this object where, where the Ten Commandments was kept and the manna and, and it was this holy place where the, the, the uh, where God would come and dwell on this seat like a footstool. And even it was taken by the Philistines. Taken by the Philistines. And so Jeremiah was warning, don't just trust in your good luck charm. Don't trust that just because the temple is there that you won't be judged. And God judged Jerusalem and Judah. And Nebuchadnezzar came in 586 and he wiped out and he tore down the temple It was eventually rebuilt by Herod. And now Jesus is there at this temple. The same place the old temple had been. Rebuilt in all of its majesty. And Jesus goes in. And he cleanses it. It had been mistreated. It was also being used as a, as a kind of a symbol of their pride as a nation. We have the temple again. Yes, we had been taken into Babylon. We had been taken captive. But now we have the temple again. And, and they were under Roman occupation. But yes, we have the temple. The people saw the temple as a, as a kind of a, a, a symbol of their identity as a nation. Maybe that's why they didn't have any concern for the Gentiles in that court of the Gentiles. Because they saw this is our temple. Nobody else can come in. Let's look closer at the text. All that's kind of background to help us as we come to it. Jesus entered the temple... And he drove out all who bought and sold in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers. I've already kind of explained those who were buying and selling. It had to do with buying sacrifices so that they could take place. He overturned the money changers where they would be changing the currency to the Jewish temple tax. Um, And then also it says that he turned over the seats of those who sold pigeons. This is also significant. Those who sold pigeons. Why would they have pigeons? Well, that was a provision for the poor. You know, a a, a lamb was required for a sacrifice, but the poor who couldn't afford a lamb, that's who would buy a pigeon. And so these money changers, these these, uh, uh, people who were buying and selling, they were... The fact that they had pigeons means they were also mistreating the poor in this way. Maybe overcharging, who knows. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it 
a den of robbers. His house will be a house of prayer, but the people had made it into a den of robbers. It was meant for holiness. It was meant for a mission to the nations. It was meant for communion with God, and yet it had been turned into a place of wickedness where thieves hung out. It was converted into something it shouldn't have been. And we may not have a temple, but we can do the same thing. Jesus in his ministry talked about the temple and he said, if you destroy this temple, I'll raise it up in three days. Of course, the people thought he was talking about the actual physical temple, and he wasn't. He was talking about his own body. He was the temple. He was where God's presence dwelled. Why did he have concern about a physical human temple, a, a place a, 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 a place of brick and mortar? Why did he have concern for that whenever he knew that he was really the real temple? Well, he still lived before the death and resurrection. He was still living with a a respect for the old covenant. He still lived according to the law, and he respected what the law said. Yet he recognized that the temple was something that pointed to a greater reality that was in him. Not only was His temple in Him, and He was the presence of God, but whenever He ascended into heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit, and now, not only was He the temple, but we are the temple. When we apply this text, we need to be careful not to think that when we're talking about money changers in the temple, we're not talking about the physical construction of the building. Sometimes we can get very bent out of shape when we see things go on in the physical construction of the building that we, we don't care for, we don't think should take place in a church building. But with Jesus, the temple is no longer a building. The temple is the gathered congregation. When God's people come together, How do we defile God's temple? Well, one way is by neglect. God's temple is when we gather together. His presence is with us. We want to be with Him and with His people. And when we neglect this, we defile His temple. When we come together, And we have no thought of why we're really here. When we just come out of habit. And not because we are here to worship. Then we defile his temple. When we come and our hearts are bitter towards other people. Jesus said, if you remember when you come to worship. 
Remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there at the altar. Go make it right. And then come and leave your gift. And when we don't do that, we defile His temple. That is the thing that makes God angry. When His his temple is defiled. When holy things are treated as if they're common. I'm only halfway through and it's 11. (laughs) I'll try to be quicker in the second half. And the blind and the lame came into the in, came to him in the temple, and he healed them. You know, the blind and the lame were allowed to come into the Gentile, the court of the Gentiles, but they weren't able to come into the other part because uh, someone who was blind or lame, they, there was restrictions because they didn't want them coming in and defiling the holy place. But you know what happens whenever people come to Jesus? The unclean, when they come to Jesus, they don't defile Him. He cleans them. When we who are blind, when we who are sinners, when we who are lame come to Jesus' presence, He doesn't get defiled. He cleanses us. He makes us clean. That's what He did with His blood on the cross. He cleansed us. And the blind and the lame came to Him in the temple and He healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that He did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. So the blind and the lame, us, We who were once blind, we who were once lame, we who were once sick, we who were once dead. When we come to Jesus, He does a miracle. He cleanses us. He opens our eyes. He makes us see. He makes us leap when we were lame. And the people, the children, were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Maybe they had seen the crowds who were shouting Hosanna to the Son of David in the last passage as Jesus was coming into the city on a donkey. People were shouting Hosanna to the Son of David. And the children, after they'd heard it, they saw Jesus perform this miracle in the temple and they were crying out the same thing that they had heard before the day before. Hosanna to the Son of David. Seeing what Jesus did in healing the blind and the lame. And seeing how this caused others to worship Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of David. Caused the religious leaders, the scribes and the chief priests to become angry. Does that ever happen in our lives? When God does a miracle, does it cause us to have bitterness? Does it cause us to become angry? Maybe we see how God has changed someone's life and we think, why can't they be the way they used to be? Maybe we see how God has changed someone's life 
And we think, well, they're getting all the attention now and no longer me. Maybe we can see the good that God is doing and begin to resent it. Hopefully none of us are there, but as we search our own hearts, are we angered by the things that Jesus was angered at? Or do we sometimes get angry when God is at work? And they said to him, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, yes, I do. He accepted their worship. Have you never read, he quotes a psalm, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise. That's all he answers them with. It's from Psalm 8. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you prepared praise. Even the children recognize who I am, Jesus says. The conflict is over. Jesus leaves them. He goes to Bethany and he stays there. And as we see, this is all within the week. We just looked last week at Jesus entering the Jerusalem. And we know by the end of the week, Jesus is crucified. This is coming up to the end. It's not yet his time. He leaves after this confrontation. He lodges, but he's waiting. The time will come when he's going to come by the end of the week to the cross. Where he'll lay down his life. And his blood will cleanse his real temple. Not a temple made with human hands. His blood was shed at the cross to cleanse his church. The people whose lives he has given as a husband lays down his life for his bride. Jesus gave his life for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.